Hello! Welcome to Free Will, Science, and Religion. I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with Michael Laster and George Ortega. And the topic that um, was suggested by George Ortega um, about this overweight issue, it is a, it is kind of a, it is a discrimination. It is an oppression against two-thirds of the population that are overweight. And George says that politicians could do something to help end this um, this blame and shame of the fat people because of how how this free this free will based blame leads people to feel bad about themselves to blame others and it could lead to all sorts of things even even suicide as I've I've read and heard many stories of that. How do we start discussing this? Topic? Well, let's start. Let's start with uh, Donald Trump's um, statements at this past Republican debate, you know, calling Rosie O'Donnell a fat pig. I mean, that is like beyond ugly. And like, you know, that's that's an example of the harm this free will belief um, causes. You know, it basically like it causes people to blame people for things that are completely out of the control. It's kind of like a lot of the, the woman hatred, you know, people who like, who just basically blame women, not realizing that women are women because they're women and we guys are, we're guys because we're guys. So basically the politicians, you know, it's their job to stand up for the oppressed. So they need to start standing up for the overweight population who's being so oppressed and they, they need to start attacking people like Trump who just go after them, you know, just make the world so much uglier with their, with their stupidity and their hatred. Yeah. Um, because a lot of people, they might, they might um, care about issues of, of racism and sexism, but perhaps they're not yet convinced that this overweight issue is a similar issue. It's almost like how in this culture, fat shaming is acceptable. It's okay to mock somebody for being fat, but it's not okay to mock them for being black or being a certain gender. So, yeah, it's like there's a difference there in people's minds. So how do we how do we convince them that it's a similar issue because if they got the connection then maybe they would change, you know, their priorities in what they're doing. Well, one one way is to just make the point is like who chooses to to like stay overweight? I mean, like I'm about 5 10 pounds overweight. I don't choose that. If I could lose the weight overnight, I would. If I could lose it, you know, we don't choose this stuff. If people understand that, we don't choose to become overweight to begin with. This is a perfect way for people to understand, no, our will is not ours, and it leads to these kinds of conditions. Fine, we want to motivate ourselves to eat less, to exercise, to be healthy. But we can do that without the cruelty. We can do that without the shaming. Yeah, that's a good point, because take, for example, this idea of who would choose that? Like it could, because it would apply in other situations. For example, I've heard people say, "Well, who would choose to be gay in a culture where where people were gonna hate him for it and want to kill him over it sometimes?" Um, and this this fat issue is similar because people know it's not not acceptable. They know they'll be fat shamed. People are treated terribly. So who would choose it? Well, I think the reason there's this illusion is. Um, there's a huge market out there that profits from making people believe that you can do it in like a month or less, you know? And, <laughs> know. and we're, we're just bombarded with these uh, success stories 
like on the internet, on TV, you know, the, these celebrities who have probably spent like thousands in liposuction, just like holding these supplements. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Ed. But, but guys, we Ed. don't want to miss two ish issues. Cause I'm not sure there's any, what, in other words, Mike, what is, what is wrong with kind of like marketing? I mean, certainly if they don't work, that's wrong. And that should be illegal. If, if they're marketing a diet that doesn't work or some kind of supplement that doesn't work, you know, they should be tested. But is there anything wrong beyond that, you know, re relative to the free will thing? Um, I think it, it's wrong to um, disproportionately underplay the genetic component to obesity. And I think that's what um, a, lo a lot of the advertising industry uh, does. Though there's nothing wrong with, you know, it, it, of course, people buy these products consensually, but culturally... Um, it, it has its consequences. Yeah. Um, what's yeah? What's interesting is I agree that if there's something that's proven not to work, you know, because everybody's advertising their weight loss program and all that. Um, but yeah, if it's proven not to work, or there's no proof that it actually can work for at least a significant amount of people, then um, it probably like there got there should be where people shouldn't be allowed to make false claims. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, the, the major thing is that then like, here's one thing that, that makes um, losing weight much more difficult. What happens is as people lose weight, they feel worse about themselves. You know, they just like feel guilty and this, they feel guilty. They blame themselves. Right. And what is blame? Blame is, is like, something that just happens because they believe in free will. If they understood that this weight gain wasn't up to them at all, fine, they'd have one problem, but they wouldn't have the additional problem of blaming themselves, feeling really guilty, feel, getting depressed, and all of a sudden not having the willpower to, to, to lose the weight because they're, they're blaming themselves so much. This, this free will thing, you know, is so, and again, the, the politicians are irresponsible for not, for not um, attacking this. They're afraid of the church. They're afraid of religion. They're afraid, they're afraid of telling the truth because they're afraid that the church is going to, like, you know, get on their case and stuff. But, like, who needs these spineless politicians? Hmm, that's a good point. What you say might, yeah, it sounds right. like it makes sense about them being scared of the church because I can see just how powerful religion is um, because when you're on when you're on the bad bad side of the of the religious majority that puts you at a disadvantage uh, in politics and every other area as well hmm. and the church is implicitly um, it's complicit you know it's it's a, it's, it's an accomplice in in this like in this fat you know bashing this this fat shaming because they they know that this free will thing they know that the people who who are overweight it's not their fault but they need to like cling to their beliefs and so their beliefs you know religions their beliefs are more important to them than the plight of people the plight of people who are abused and and hurt so much by these beliefs oh i know and see that's the thing is that back when are, are you talking about what? Sorry, are you talking about um, the the idea that gluttony is a sin? Because I you guys broke up before I couldn't hear you. No, no, Mike. I'm talking about the the, the basically the fat shaming depends pretty much entirely 
on blaming people, you know, with the premise that they have a free will. In other words, right. Some, but you somebody, were talking about the church, right? So basically, the church knows that the church knows that so many, you know, overweight people suffer so much at the hands of others because of this stupid free will belief. But they refuse to like to abandon the belief because they need to hold on their beliefs. They care more about the beliefs than they care about people. Yeah, and yeah. here's the deal, guys. Um, I think I understand why that is, because here's the deal. They're stuck in a dilemma. Um, for the religious um, people, a lot of them are stuck in this dilemma that they have to maintain free will belief, because without it, the rest of it doesn't make sense. You know what I'm saying? Because then, all of a sudden, they can't no longer maintain the image of their God being all good. They have to pin the blame on humans for their choices. So as soon as the word gets out that we don't have free will and you accept that, then all of a sudden um, God doesn't look like such a nice guy. Of course, we can't blame him because he doesn't have a free will, right? But, you know, <laughs> but well, I think I think the Calvinists owe us an explanation <laughs> how they make sense of that. Oh, I, I want to get Calvinists on this show. Seriously. Yeah. You don't even need a tag. Just go to the Old Testament, Isaiah. In Isaiah, God himself says, I create light, I create darkness, I create good, I create evil. God himself is taking responsibility for evil. So, like, if the Bible, if, if he in the Bible says, you know, that he creates evil, how are these people saying that he doesn't? Yeah. Yeah, and how do Calvinists say that it, it, it's a moral God that's punishing uh, you know, evil people for being the way he made them. Exactly. And see, here's what I, what I often bring up because, you know, it, it is important because, you know, I'm anti-hell because I think hell is the worst thing of all. Because, you know, and I recently said this on Facebook too, um, basically the idea that it's worse than any other issue because it's eternal torture. I, I really think that it would be easier if we were in if we were in a world where this hell belief and religions that promote this um, wasn't around. I think everyone would get that free will is an illusion a lot sooner. But they need this belief. In Chandler, let's talk about the issue of child abuse. Okay, like to tell a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six or seven-year-old, if you don't believe what we tell you. You know, when you die, you're going to go to a place and suffer horribly. That's child abuse. We know in, in our world that, like, sometimes it, it's so much more injurious to psychologically hurt a child than to even physically hurt them. So, like, you know, basically the church, by, by promoting this free will belief, then just encourages this, this, this intimidation, this extortion, this, this, this child abuse on, on, on kids as, as, as young as four and five years old who don't even have yeah. the, the capacity to think for themselves yet. So this yeah, is a political we, issue. Yeah. We, we owe it to Dawkins uh, to be, I think, the first one to really call it out for what it is, right? I, I think he's the first one to say that this is child abuse. When did he say that? I think he might have said that in The God Delusion. Because I, I, I've, I've been saying this for about 10 years. And see, here's the interesting thing is like, I've said this before too, um, but a lot of people, they, obviously they don't believe, the people who are teaching their children this, they don't believe it's child abuse because they think it's true. That's one of the difficult barriers to overcome. Yeah, which in, in you know, makes it 
sort of morally ambiguous because if you really held that belief, then it's actually um, your responsibility to make sure your kids don't go to hell. Yeah, and th this this gets into several other issues, guys, because, I mean, I was highly indoctrinated into that system, into that belief system, you know. Um, but part of how I got out of it was I started thinking about the, the issue of children, and I got thinking, well, wait a minute. If people know that there is some possibility that their children will go to hell, then why do they reproduce? And I seriously let that thought settle because it's, it's a very weird thing. And I came to an interesting, uh, like I think one answer we might have for that is a lot of people, they believe that if they teach their children the right things, and it basically indoctrinate them the right way, then they'll believe the right thing and go to heaven. Because I think that's where a lot of it's going on. But I think the problem is those parents overestimate their influence and they're ignoring everything mm -hmm. else that might cause their child to not believe that religion and then end up in hell. Okay, but the point is, you know, like the, this free will belief is impinging, infringing on people's, you know, political rights, people's rights to not be abused by other people. And like our politicians are basically lying to us. You know, mm -hmm. many of them, many of them, I bet you Obama yeah. completely understands that we don't have free will, but he doesn't have the courage to say it. You know, and this, this is so many politicians are the same way. Yeah. Yeah, this is interesting because, you know, when somebody's in a position of, you know, basically whether popular or they're making a lot of money, you know, whatever that position may be, it's very difficult for them to be completely honest about things. It's, it's very easy. They're not going to want to say certain things because they will be punished severely in loss of either finances or or some other thing they'll lose if they come out with the truth. Well, that and that that goes back to the religious people, the, the priests, the rabbis. They know we don't have a free will. They're not they're not dumb. They can figure this out. So like, but they just prefer to like defend their outdated, archaic, you know, um, ideology than tell people what's the truth. You know, they're, they're basically breaking the, the commandment of, of bearing false witness. Yeah, that's a very good point. And it's kind of interesting because one thing that I find interesting is, because, you know, a lot of these people, at least they claim to have the, the belief that God knows all, that God knows everything, right? So if they believe that at any level, and they are knowingfully lying to people. Don't they in some way think that God knows they're lying and that that would perhaps mean some kind of consequence? Because I don't know. I don't know exactly religiously how they view that. But that's just a weird thought. Well, honestly, yeah. honestly I don't think um, most of them are lying. I think that if someone as intelligent as Michio Kaku doesn't grasp it, then probably, you know, your average priest or rabbi um, won't get it either. 
That's uh, Mike, Mike, that's uh, a good point. Yeah, that's a good you point. You there, George? Yeah, you, yeah, that's a good point. I, I, I have to agree with you on that. Yeah. I, I think, you know. But then, but then Mike, the, again, like, so we're, we're veering a bit away from, from our, our basic theme, but a, the, the question is, like, how could, like, somebody like Michio Kaku not get that both causality and a causality completely make free will impossible? Where are they getting the, the reasoning for defending this belief in free will? Because, like, because a fourth grader can understand this. Yeah. It's really, see, here's the deal. On one hand, um, it does seem like it's easy for anybody to get because, I mean, I got it pretty quickly um, after it was so deeply explained, you know, uh, you know, realizing that your decisions have to stem from prior causes. But even if you say that they don't, all that could mean is they're just random and not up to you anyway. So it's so simple. And, and I am surprised about how Michio Kaku doesn't get it. All right, guys, what can we do? What can we say to get the politicians to bring this up in this election campaign? You know, what, what can we say to force their hands so they absolutely have to bring it up and, you know, stop hiding what, you know, stop basically like, you know, lying to the people? Hmm. Oh, I think, I think there has to be much more uh, collective momentum for the no free will movement before, like, we can individually make a difference uh and i don't say that to sound cynical but i think i'm just being realistic here yeah well i, I mean you know i don't think writing to them would do anything i don't think making shows about it would do anything like there really has to be a huge collective move and i think we're doing i think we're doing the best we can to trigger that though Right. I understand your point, but understand politics. In other words, 10 years ago, who could have dreamed that Obama would have overtaken Hillary Clinton as the, the, the Democratic nominee and went on to become the, the, the world's first black president? So in politics, yeah, sometimes things seem like we're like Bill Maher was talking about Reagan when right Ra before Reagan became president. Everybody said, Oh yeah, this this actor, you know, like who, who acts with clowns, he's going to become president. They completely um, discounted his his um, his chances. And so, like, no, with this, with this, you know, politics is the kind of thing where like the the unexpected happens routinely. Well, but those are examples are people, not uh, ideologies, or or philosophical stances. Well. well it's Go ahead, Chandler. Yeah, I have a very interesting question that I want to pose to all of our listeners and to you guys. If politicians really believed in free will, then why do they campaign? Think about it. Why do they, why do they campaign and do all these ads trying to damage the reputation of their co co competition? Because if people had a free will, it would nullify the any of the advertisements any of the things they try to promote themselves because they do understand that they can influence that they can cause people to vote for them by telling them what they want to hear does that make sense well yeah but chandler the way they think is like they'll tell them information you know but the person has a free will to either accept it or reject it you know so they'll, they'll turn it around in that way yeah, it's. It, I think you can be incredibly manipulative and still believe in free will, <laughs> and still be a narcissist. Well, in fact, most narcissists are pretty manipulative. 
Well, what's interesting about this, guys, is, I mean, I guess people can do that in their heads somehow, but now that, now that I understand it, I understand that by trying to promote anything, by trying to, you know, sell somebody the latest car on a TV commercial or something, or anything, any kind of advertisement, any kind of social movement towards any change trying to convince people of something is an admission that you believe you can cause those other people to change their their minds on something. And, and, and here's the deal. Even if they try to say that they have the free will to either accept or reject it, well, if that person doesn't do, um, promote that to them, well, they know that person will not do whatever they, that is. And so I look at it that determinism and the lack of free will is required for any change, any promotion of anything. That's, that's the way that it makes sense to me now. All right, guys, I hear you, but like, you know, what, I mean, like, fine, we may not be able to, like, um, com completely succeed with this, but we can, you know, this, you know, what, who are the, the people who are being, like, I think this, I think Trump gave us a huge opportunity with, with this fat shaming thing. I mean, the, the, the reporter that called him up, they, the, the term that, that she used was, like, she, she, he was calling these women, what, was fat pigs? I mean, come on, that's like, you know, that, that's, you know. I have a feeling that like this kind of like overweight bashing, you know, can become a, an issue in this uh, campaign because of Trump's statement. Because he's not going to back down. You know, he's the guy. He's got that personality. He's going to he's going to keep rolling with this. And so like this is our perfect opportunity to link this. Like you know, basically Trump is blaming people for something that is not in their control. Interesting. Um... And to be. And to be fair, he, he's not all that slim himself nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but maybe he's maybe he's going by the logic that if uh, that a man could be as fat as they want, but women can't, because that's the way America. Yeah, is. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, which is of course boils down to sexism, so that's another problem. But um, perhaps, and I know I, I'm going to sound like a real ignoramus on this, but I actually don't know who this Trump guy is that you guys are talking about because I've never listened to him. <laughs> um, Donald, Donald Trump. Go ahead, look man. up his name on YouTube, and you'll find some. You'll have your question answered. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. in in a few minutes or less. Chandler, Chandler, he made like about ten billion dollars in real estate. He's running as the Republican nominee for president. You know, he was like in um, last night's debate, you know. So like, um, you know, he's well known. He's like, but he's well known for actually for, for being really like mean spirited and just saying a lot of ugly things a lot about people because he believes in free will. He blames people for, for all this stuff. But like, again, like we, we can, the, the theme that I think we want to go with is like our politicians have a duty to defend citizens against abuse by other citizens. So if some citizens, like, you know, if a lot of citizens are, are using this free will belief as, as a weapon, you know, to, to, to be able to, to, uh, to abuse overweight people, then that's, that's something that these politicians, you know, should not ignore. They, they should come to the defense of these overweight people. And if they have to, like, tell people, listen, nobody has a free will to do it, then that, that's, that's the responsibility. Well, you know, this is interesting, guys, because... Um, yeah, if people understand that fat shaming is just as bad as 
as black shaming or gay shaming or woman shaming or, or something, some other kind of discrimination like that. And it, because it's something the person really doesn't control and you're just using that as some kind of ad hominem attack against them to damage their reputation in order to promote yourself politically or financially, well, then all of a sudden it becomes apparently immoral. Once people get that, then it becomes apparently immoral that there's something wrong with like this Trump guy um, and other people who would do similar things. And I can't see how that would change politics because as soon as it's no longer popular for politicians to personally attack people, well then doesn't that mean less people would vote for them when they do that? Yeah, Chandler, the Democrats can be so stupid in terms of strategizing. The foundation of Republican ideology is this belief in free will, this, you know, holding people responsible, completely ignoring society, completely ignoring the world, genes, God even. So to the extent that the Democrats are, have the guts and the smarts enough to, like, bring up free will belief, all of a sudden, you know, all these, like, you know, the, the Republicans blame immigrants for being immigrants. They, uh, they, they, they blame women. They blame they blame everyone. And so, like, to the extent that, you know, we come out with this, all of a sudden they have to defend that. And, like, for example, like, it doesn't make sense to blame anyone for anything that is not under their control. Because, like, by, by extension, they would be blaming people who are sick for being sick and all, for people, you know, all these kinds of illnesses we get and stuff. So, like, basically, to the extent that we, we can inject this in politics, you know, the, the Democrats should be, you know, they should be smart enough to understand that this is a very powerful tool in their campaign. Yeah, and you know, guys, the, obviously, religion and politics are pretty much those issues that everyone fears greatly to talk about. But when they yeah. do, people listen. You, have you noticed that people who are really into it, they when the discussion is open about that, I think it might change minds. So yeah, we probably do need to be covering um, on our show what is going on with the politicians and are they attributing free will and blaming and shaming people for these things. Because if we call them out on that, maybe that'll make some kind of a difference. Yeah, the reason Republicans win elections, and they 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 roll, uh, right now they hold the majority, the vast majority of governorships throughout the country. The reason, one reason they win elections is they're not afraid to say what what they believe. The Democrats are so like you know into this political cor correctness. They may know that we don't have a free will, but they're spineless. So, you know, if if they would grow a spine and just like grow some guts, maybe people would have enough respect uh, to, uh, for them to vote for them. I was going to say like. Um, that yeah, Democrats are are pretty, um, you know, spineless in that respect. But um, liberals in general, like you know, I watch Bill Maher. I w I've seen The Daily Show. I you know, um, we you know we don't hold back any more than Republicans do as far as insulting the politicians we don't like and the pundits we don't like. I mean, you know. Um, Chris Christie is the um, is the recipient of a lot of fat jokes. You know, remember we all remember Bush um, and his IQ, and Mike, that's you know all point. all the jokes. You know, went into going into calling him an idiot and stuff. Um, 
so it, it's really about like the the world of entertainment being driven by having to um, having to attack someone. Yeah, and then Mike, you know why Democrats like a long time ago, neither of the two parties attacked each other so so violently as they do now. But the Democrats were like second to get on board with this. The Republicans were winning elections by really like ruthlessly going after their opponent. And what happened is like they determined like the, the research determined that that kind of attack um, campaigning works. So basically now the bar is lowered. Now both sides are just like constantly politics have become so ugly. So like, in other words, to the extent that we, we push this no free will meme, we get them to understand that it would be a great way to inject far more civility uh, in politics and just eliminate so much of this, like this ugliness. Yeah, this is very interesting because you know what? This mockery is a powerful thing, what, regardless of whether it should be used or not. I mean, when people mock things and point and make them ridiculous, then people get humor out of that. And that does actually influence because people remember what's funny and that changes their opinion about certain things. And that's why um, personal attacks against politicians, as they do, probably are effective. Sounds good. Guys, how are we doing on time? We're at about 30 minutes. Um, should, should I close out this one? Sounds good. Okay, you've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion with Chandler Klebs, George Ortega, and Michael Laster. And we've kind of jumped around between politics and religion and how free will belief plays into it all. And it's something we'll want to revisit in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Bye.